Hello. Hi, everybody. This is Sarah Westcott. And this is Katie Willie. And this is To Be Read. The podcast where we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. We've got a good cocktail today. I'm excited. I don't really like them, but I thought it was appropriate for the book. You know what's funny? It's like, I don't really like them either. Um, I'm not a big fan. Like, we'll just give it away right now. I'm not a big fan of ginger beer. Nope. Um, But at the same time... It is not a terrible cocktail, right? You know what and I it's mean? easy, yeah. and it's vodka, and exactly, exactly, and it makes sense fine. for the book. For the book, yep. Um. Anyway, how are you, Katie? What's going on? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Just two work trips in a row, two weeks in a row, where I was on the road, and it just draining. It's it's yeah, it's draining, and it's just chaotic, and I feel like I feel like it's already almost November, and I'm like, what, it is. What the fuck happened? <laughs> It really um, is. It's so funny. I was just, we went to the Spirit Halloween store the other day and I can't fucking stand Halloween. I really, really, really hate Halloween. It's just not my jam. Even as a kid, I didn't like it. I mean, I liked it when I was really little and dressed up and whatever. But then like from like 12 on, I was just like, yeah, this isn't for me. It's not fun. Like, you know, um, whatever. But like walking through the stores with my kids who can't figure out what the hell they want to be like really just stresses me out and pisses me off. Um, hate it. Can't believe, but can't believe it's almost here. <laughs> so I really like Halloween. I know you do. And, I know you do. Um, my kids, uh, I, I've told you we're watching the Avenger movies. Yeah. So my kids came up with the idea that as a family, we should be Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, fine. And I was like, that's fine. We can do that. You just got to get dad to agree to be somebody. Yeah. So he actually did agree to be Drax. I love it. Hilarious. That makes sense because Um, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So that happened probably like the middle of the summer. He agreed to that. So this has been like brewing for a while. Yeah. And then uh, the weekend of my birthday, we booked a vacation and we're going to be in Bahamas for Halloween. So we're skipping the fucking holiday altogether. Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. That's interesting. And so are the kids going with you? Yep. Wow, and they don't care. Like they're just um, like whatever. So we showed them Atlantis, and yeah. Adam was all in right away, and yeah. Eric was a little bit sad. But yeah. we're like, you know what? We haven't even seen the third movie yet. So by the time next year comes around, it'll be even better to be yes. the set. So yeah. we already have next year's costume picked yeah. out, just like that. Yeah, the um the third. You're gonna really like the third movie. I you've seen both. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. The third one is fantastic. They're, I think about it often. They're so funny. They are. They are so funny. They're they're definitely the m- most funny of all of the yeah. Avengers and you know um, Marvel Cinematic Universe in my opinion. Other than maybe like Thor Ragnarok. Have you watched Thor Ragnarok yet? We've watched two Thors. Okay, I'm sorry about that because both of those are pale in comparison okay. to Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Thor: The Dark World is just an absolute that was, abomination of yeah. a movie. Like, I didn't um, like that. the only good thing about Thor in any in any sense of the word is Loki. Loki is yep. like my all time yeah, favorite. Yeah, I'm hopeful that at some point we'll be able to watch the show. You have to watch the show. Yeah. The first season is fantastic, and the second season actually just came out. I think it's, there's been two episodes. We're actually watching the second episode tonight, and I'm okay. so fucking excited. It's such a great show. Tom Hiddleston is fucking hot as hell. I just love Loki. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> Um, anyway, you know, people are well-versed in my Marvel, my, my joy about Marvel and, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. Yeah. But So how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, like I said, I feel a little bit off today, but, um, I'm sure talking about a book with you, you know, give me bring a little, it, bring it right back up, bring a pep in my step, pep to my step or whatever. Um, I realized today it was, um, mine and John's first date 19 years ago. So that Aww, was really, yeah. Happy first date night. Yeah. Where'd you yeah. go? Um, well, we were supposed to go to a corn maze, a scary corn maze. And 
weather got in the way, like it rained and they closed the corn maze. I can't even remember where the hell it was. It might have been like Liberty Ridge Farms or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up going all the way out there and then it being closed. And I was kind of happy about that because I'm like, I-, I don't like the rain. It's cold. And you I'm don't not like interested. Halloween. Yeah. It, no, exactly. <laughs> um, so we ended up actually uh, just going to the Olive Garden and just Still. like, and just talking the yeah. whole time. And we had a really good time. And like, um, you know, we went back to his house that night. Nothing happened some making out (laughs) (laughs) nothing Um, except nothing except yeah whatever but um uh yeah we started dating that night so it was a nice a nice little memory so yeah 19 years ago today so that's kind of crazy but um anyway uh what have you read what have i read oh my gosh i just finished you did a road trip so I, I did. said you read I like did. a whole bunch. I did read it. I read that Rachel Hawkins book. I finished that Rachel yep. Hawkins book. Um, I started and finished it uh, on the trip. Um, I read half of it on the way there and then the other half on the way back. Um, what the hell was that called? Reckless Girls. That was really good. It was about like um, they went to like this uh, um, this island that very lore involved, like something bad right. happened there. And like, it's just a weird place where, you know, things happen just and bad it can't be, yes, exactly. It can't be explained or whatever. Um, and, uh, very, very, very girl powery. Like, um, the twist is a, a little strange, but I, I dug it. I liked it. Um, like I said, fast read. And I super love that, especially when, yeah. you know, all the other I like stuff. her books. Yes. Yes. She's good. She's mm-hmm. good. Um, I got the villa on my list, so I'll, I'll probably check that at some point soon. What else did I read? I just finished *The Stolen Air* by Holly Black, and that's like a um, that's like a fairy world kind of book. Um, she's had a couple of fairy world series, and I absolutely love them. Um, you know, my little fantasy stuff. Uh, I finished it today. It was very good. I enjoyed it. What else? Did I read anything else in, in between? Obviously. Oh my God. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot about this book because it was so awful. Um, I'm just going to tell this as quickly as possible. I was watching TikTok and on TikTok, there's this thing, it's called book talk. And, um, we tried people, that. we did try it. We did try it, whatever, but I'm stuck on it all the time. And most of book talk is about fantasy books and like, it's, it's all like fantasy mixed with like smut, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but this one girl, it's there two was of this your favorite thing, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so there's this one girl who went fucking nuts over this book, another fairy world book. It's called How Does It Feel? Um, and she was like, This is five stars. This was such a great book. The twist I didn't see coming, blah, 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 blah. So I, I read it, I started reading it, and I was like, This is bad the <laughs> the the dialogue is fucking clunky as hell it is bad 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 like not like not like it'll be okay i read a lot of fantasy stuff so like i expect when i pick up a fantasy book to like be entrenched in, and pulled, pulled in. into the world this was it just it made no fucking sense at all there were twists upon twists that didn't mesh well did not work <laughs> whatever the dialogue between the 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 male man character and the female man character who of course just are enemies but immediately for some reason fall in love with each other of course. and like you know whatever there was one smutty smutty scene that i was like all right this is good <laughs> this is great but it's not it doesn't fit it, d- it didn't fit in the book mm-hmm. i was like if i were reading a different book with this scene in it i might really be enjoying this 
I can't believe I actually finished that book. I think it was just like, I really want to see what the fuck this twist at the end is. And I wish that I had stopped when I, when I, when you were angry with it. I I was just like, this is so, this is so bad. But because of my, you know, my personal things on like how I, how I do stars, I had to give it two stars because I did finish it. I wish I could give it like negative fucking stars. Honestly, (laughs) it was so bad. Anyway, don't read that book. (laughs) Do not listen to TikTok girl. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, (laughs) let's move on. Shall we? Did you read, have you read anything? I read the book club book, which was really good. Yeah. You should read that one. Uh, Yeah. It's Um, it's definitely on my list. It was, I really, really, really liked the way that it was set up. Yeah. Um, That was a woman is no man by Itafram, um, which I said backwards. The author's name is Murfate. Just, (laughs) um but that's all i've read and i like i said two work trips i feel like i'm i i I don't even know i barely finished this yeah i'm I'm surprised like i'm i get in the car and i immediately want to pick up a book like so that's the thing is i drive half the time and then when i'm not driving yeah i'm sitting in the front seat with gotcha like so we so this last week we were at Attica, which is four hour ride, and she was driving, yeah. and I'm like, I can't just zone out on you because you're yeah. driving for four hours, and I feel bad. But yeah, was it just you and this other person? No, there's another girl that comes with us too, okay. but she really strongly prefers sitting in the back seat. Which I'm like, I would want to be in the back seat just reading my book, and I'm just like, you guys talk amongst yeah, yourselves so I, mean, I can sit back here. I do that like if me and John go on a road trip like we've done it with like Brad before yeah. or whatever I'll be like you guys sit in front of me yeah. sit in back and everybody well, we here. did that one of the last ones that we did with Sarah and not with Sarah you're Sarah yeah. with uh, Jess and Chrissy yes. me and you were yeah. like we'll take the back yes we will yeah but then Come we on. ended up talking all the, the yeah. whole time pretty much anyway but um, uh, so I actually the other, the other thing that I do when I'm not driving is I will set my phone on a hotspot and bring, we bring my laptop. So I actually do a decent amount of work in the oh, car on the way out there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Four so. hours worth of stuff that you can get done. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's our book talk. Let's go. Uh, let's go to uh, our prologue, right? Yes. All right. Let's do it. The prologue. Um, okay, Katie, we read uh, Giver of Stars, The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. This was um, published in 2019, and I feel like it was called, like, a it was a good book to read while you're quarantined, yeah. basically. Um, it is set in Depression-era Kentucky and based on a real-life program uh, by FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, and it was called the Pack Horse Library Project, which ran from 1935 to 1943 and eventually had 30 libraries involved, which is pretty cool, you know, in, in like... Again, Depression era Kentucky. It where, was all in Kentucky. Correct? Yes, all in okay. Kentucky. Yes, and um, it served about a hundred thousand people, which is which is really cool, especially back then when not a lot of people could you know make their way to schools and and yep. you know and um, didn't have the money to do certain things and mm-hmm. whatever. So um, those are my facts. Facts. Why don't you give us the reader rundown? All right. Alice Wright marries handsome American Bennett Van Cleve, hoping to escape her stifling life in England. But small-town Kentucky quickly proves equally claustrophobic, so when a call goes out for a team of women to deliver books as part of Eleanor Roosevelt's new traveling library, Alice signs on enthusiastically. Soon she will be joined by four other singular singular women <laughs> who become known as the Pack Horse Librarians of Kentucky. Set in Depression-era America and based on a true story, weird, I feel like I knew that, The Giver of Stars is the breathtaking tale of their remarkable journey and a richly rewarding novel of women's friendship, of true love, and of what happens when we reach beyond our grasp for the great beyond. I like how I like how that I, I like that little rundown. Um, I'm excited to talk about this with you. A, it's about books, and yep. B, I feel like we both kind of 
felt the same way about it, maybe. Um, I'm curious. What, like, what did you think of it? How did you feel can reading we, can, it? Can we do the cocktail first? Oh, yeah. I forgot about the cocktail. <laughs> we're not in the story yet. Oh, my God. No, let's drink first. Let's drink Cheers. first. <laughs> uh, so we're drinking a Charlie Mule, also known as a Moscow Mule. But Mule is one of the main... Pack horses yes. in this book. Charlie, so we Charlie the easy. mule. Charlie the mule. He was a he was a very interesting mule. Yep, yep, that's a mule. Yep, sure is. Um, you want to go to the story? Taste little, yeah, we can do that now. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that now. Sorry about that. The story. So, Katie, what did you think of the book? <laughs> um, I liked it. Yeah, I, it was. It, I, there was obviously certain parts of it that I really was kind of like, you're dumb. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the concept of women standing up against, so, you know, you have the main character, Marjorie, who's kind of like a mountain woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she reminded me of uh, Harley from Barbed Wire Heart. Yeah. Yeah. And... Then you have Alice, who's out of her element. She came from England. She's like, I'm not going to just sit at all these quilt tees yes. and just do this. Which is kind of funny it's t- coming from a from woman England. Of, from England yeah. into Kentucky. Yeah. Like, it's very, that's very strange. It's backwards. Yeah, because you would think that she she came from one of the, like, a family that does that kind of thing already, yep. you know? So that was very interesting to me. Yep. Didn't, I don't know that it really I, felt right, but. So th- that her so her, that whatever, we'll get to it. Um, well, then <laughs> Izzy, who uh, has some kind of disability with her leg, she had polio. Okay. And yes, she had polio, and it affected her in some way that she has to wear she has to wear a brace now. Yes, which was kind of interesting that she had polio because that's also what FDR had and why he was always in, uh, a, in, a, wheelchair. in a wheelchair. Yep. Yes, so okay. um, that was interesting. But she I, always... I wonder if she did that on purpose. <clears throat> I'm sure she did. I'm sure she yeah. did because it was definitely back at a time when there wasn't a vaccination for it. You right. know, so it was um, around crippling literally. <clears throat> um, so yeah, she wore a brace on her. Um, I loved that part of the story because it was very it was very much like you know this this, these women come together and we'll get into more of them you know whatever but they come together and they flourish together and like at first they may not think that they're going to like each other but they grow this awesome bond and like that was my favorite part of the story altogether Mm -hmm. was the bond that they shared strong women yeah and how much they loved and cared for these the books and the people that they brought the books to and um that i i really 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 yep loved that and connected to that part of the story without question yes um, as a book, did you, did you enjoy reading it? Like, I enjoyed it right up until probably like two thirds of the way through when Alice decides that she's got to leave because she has no other options. And it was kind of like, come on. Yeah. Come on. That was, that was shoehorned in just for there to be like a little bit of a, a, a push and pull. I think it's a little bit of a, like, oh, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Yeah. You know? We all knew that she was at some point going to get with Fred. Fred? Fred. Yes. So I'm not going to lie. I saw that you did give it three stars. I did. And it was right around there where I'm like, she probably got done with it and Alice fucking actually left and she's pissed because <laughs> I was pissed if that was going to happen. I was like, so I like, was pissed. I was like, had my hackles raised the yes. whole second, yeah. second part of the book. No, it was, uh, yeah. And you know, I don't o- always like to do that. I, I try to like not do it but then sometimes just like whatever it is it is what it is yeah you're gonna hear my thoughts about it anyway um so i I did i enjoyed reading this story for what it was and like i said my favorite part of it was just the the relationships between the women um i didn't really 
didn't really care for any of the men other than Fred. I mean, Fred was great, but like I also kind of I also kind of had my hackles raised up against him a little bit only because I'm like, did did a guy like this really exist in Kentucky right. back then, like d- in Depression era? Like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to reconcile it. I'm glad that, you know, he it was a character in the book because it made me enjoy reading mm-hmm. it. And, you know, clearly he had a crush on Alice from day fucking one. Yeah, did. Um, uh, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about like Bennett and their relationship and everything. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. Um, uh. I found the whole concept of him going, and I don't, I, I must have glossed over how they actually met and why they met. They traveled to England and somehow met there. So the Van Cleves, Bennett, and his father, I think, Dick. had some, yeah, fucking asshole, had some business that they went over to England. They met, fell in love in quotation marks, and got married very quickly and came back. Whirlwind yeah. romance. Whirlwind romance. Like, oh. Yes. Yes, but, moved and then but then we find out that they literally have never consummated this relationship. No boning, no boning whatsoever. Did I got the sense that he was gay? I, I very much got legitimately that had the sense yes. that he was gay. Yes, and I'm like he can't say anything because this is 1930, the 1930s yep. in Kentucky. Yep. But just the way he dresses and the way he's described, yes. and, and the fact that he doesn't like to be dirty, yes. and the fact that like he is so repulsed by his wife, like. That's why you got married. Yes, that's exactly. why you got married. Exactly. Like, how are you supposed to have a child that you, you know, like whatever? Yes. So it seemed very much to me that he only married anyone at all to appease his father. Um, and you know, he chose a beautiful woman, whatever. It's somebody um exotic because she's not from Kentucky or whatever, and. It, it seemed very beardy to me. Even the fact that, like, you know, he had this other girl, Peggy was her name, you know, everybody was pissed off when um, everybody kind of shuns Alice when she comes over because it's Peggy's, not Peggy, it's not Peggy yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But, like, clearly he would have married Peggy at some point if he really wanted to marry a woman. Exactly. It just, it didn't, and and it never, she never comes out and says it. I think it's pretty stark that he is I a homosexual. I think at one point there was a quote that of somebody asking her, she mentions that somebody asks her, do you think he, and I don't even remember the right phrasing, but it was basically like, do you think he is that other way or yeah, whatever, yeah. however they said it. Yeah. And it was just like one line and she was like, I would never even think that. And then it, that was it. it was I just totally, like, I a, honestly totally missed that. Like, cause I feel like I would have flagged that if I yeah. had seen it. Um, Totally completely missed that. But to me... I interpreted it as mm-hmm. he he is gay and he can't come out and say it because right. of a who his father is and b he again lives in fucking Kentucky yes. in 1937. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just not. There's no no win on that one. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I have um. You want to go to like my first my first quote? Sure. What do you got? I got I got all the way to page four to, before I got my first uh, <laughs> my first one. Yeah. But I have page four and then page one ninety eight. I want to I want to go to really quickly. Okay. So. Early on in this book, the first chapter is we meet Marjorie and she, at first you didn't really understand how this was connected. It's not even like a chapter. It's like a, it is a, it's the prologue. It's the prologue of the book. And it's in the midst of all of this stuff. Like, you know, this has already been going, the Pack Horse Library has already been going on for a couple of months you, you've seen. And, um, we find out that, you know, she, um, or she tries to go deliver books to somebody's house and a guy who um, 
basically somebody who her father had beef with before, you know, catches up with her and says, Hatf- get off your fucking horse. Hatfield I mean, and McCoy style. Yes, basically. Yeah, exactly that. Um, Like, get off your fucking horse. I'm going to kill you, basically. Uh, he's clearly tries to rape yeah. her, tries to, you know, whatever. Um, And, uh, you know, we, basically no- nothing really happens. I think he falls and she gets the fuck out of there. Like, whatever. But I'm on page four here. And it says... um. Uh, she's on her own and he knows it. His voice lowers. I said, get down now. He takes two steps closer, his footsteps crunching in the snow. And there's the bare truth of it for her and all the women around here. Doesn't matter how smart you are, how clever you are, how clever, how self-reliant, you can always be bettered by a stupid man with a gun. The barrel of his rifle is so close now that what she, that she finds herself gazing down in, into, in, down to two infinite black holes. Um, I just want to stop there because that's what I went, wanted to highlight. Just the, doesn't matter how smart you are, how clever, how self-reliant, you can always be bettered by a stupid man with a gun. Yep. Then on page, I believe it's page 198. Actually marked my pages this time. Look at you. See that? I do. Okay. Uh, you know the worst thing about a man hitting you, Marjorie said finally, ain't the hurt. It's that in that instant you realize the truth of what it is to be a woman. That it don't matter how smart you are, how much better at arguing, how much better than them, period. It's when you realize they can always just shut you up with a fist just like that. And, like, it struck me because, you know, like... It's the truth. You, it's the truth. And I, I don't remember if I've ever heard said this quote on this this um, podcast before, but, like, have you ever heard that thing, like, men are afraid, afraid that w- a woman is going to laugh at him and women are afraid that a man is going to kill her? You know, yes. like, it's... That That's encompasses that whole... Yes, yes. Because we know if we make a man feel emasculated in any way, there's a possibility that it could frustrate him to a certain degree to want to lash out at us. Yep. And in a lot of cases, they are bigger, they are stronger. It's just how it is, it's even pure, though we're smarter. pure <laughs> biology. Yes, yep. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so... Where do you want to go? I'm just going to get this one out of the way. Okay. So this is on page 233. Okay. Um, obviously, our main character's name is Alice. Loved it. And somewhere on here, you know, I should have actually looked at the book again other than just... <laughs> uh, um, so I'm not even sure where they are in this point in the story, but Sophia raised a thread to her teeth and bit through neatly. And just at the point where Alice wondered... If she had yet again been too direct, she had loved a man once. Benjamin, a minor. He was best friends with William. Blah, 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 blah. But the fact that it said Alice wondered just jumped out at me. I I mean, this is another one of those ones where there wasn't like a direct connection to Alice in Wonderland. But let's not forget that Alice in this book is a fish out of water in Kentucky. From England. From England. She is completely in a different world for her. So without question in my mind, that's the parallel to yeah. our, our typical Alice in Wonderland parallel. Um, so let me go to, I'm on page 36. Let's see. What did I, where did I write on page 36? Let's see. Um, okay. Well, Alice said after a moment, I do believe that if we can, nope, that's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we're at the point where, um, in the beginning of the book, we meet Alice, and she's there. They're they're at this like community meeting, and which yeah, it's is something like, that like happens town hall, yes. church yes. style, yes, thing. quite often. Yes, I could, it kind of merged in my head as yes. far as which one we were actually at. Right, me too, me too. Um, but you know, they're talking about hey, we're, we're starting this library, um, you know, with Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, help and and you know blessing, and we would really we really could use some more women to um, volunteer and do this. You get, I guess, it's not really it is kind of volunteering, but you do get paid you for get it. Paid. Yep. Um, but uh, Van Cleve, Mr. Van Cleve, the father, Jeffrey. is very adamantly against her Alice doing it. 
Um, but she like, absolutely. She's like, I'm doing it and you're not telling me otherwise. But, um, let's see. You want to steer clear of that O'Hare girl. She's trouble. How is she trouble? She caught Bennett's, she caught Bennett's flash. Look, don't say anything. Mr. Van Cleve pointed his fork at her. You mind my words, Alice. Marjorie O'Hare comes from a bad family. Frank O'Hare was, was the biggest shiner between here and Tennessee. You are too new to understand what that means. Oh, she might dress herself up in books and fancy words these days, but underneath she's still the same. Just like the no good rest of them, I tell you, there's no decent ladies around here would take tea with her. And I, like when I read that, I was like, well, I would like to be friends with Marjorie. I would love to be friends with Marjorie. <laughs> absolutely her father was a moonshiner cool yep. sign me yep. right up i'm sorry like get the fuck out of here with that shit <laughs> um the one thing i do want to say about van cleves and i don't have it have, have it written down at all but you do learn that um bennett bennett's mother had passed away yes um and the house essentially remained as a museum to this woman yes and mm-hmm. um i didn't write down the did you write down the quote for when he, she gave the dolls no, I didn't. Okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. So I just because you brought up the Van Cleves and and the house and and just in that scene about the kitchen, it's the the next time that you're back in the kitchen with them. So she had gone. Alice had started do, doing these roots, and she was with. She had gone to this house and the Horners. Yep, <laughs> yep. And this the man that was there, um, he was a widower, and mm-hmm. he had two girls, and slowly throughout the whole story you see him breaking yeah as far as his rigidness and his you know get off my lawn yes and he he's just warms to alice and eventually she steals two of the porcelain dolls that are just in tribute to the mother that's deceased yes uh from the van cleves and gives them to uh the two little girls without a mom for christmas and When Mr. Van Cleve calls her out on it, first of all, he calls him by name, which I thought was fucking yes. hysterical. Yeah, and creepy. Very creepy. I'm She's like, who? Who the fuck is that? Who are they? Yes. Uh, the, do- the two dolls. She's like, okay. She's like, yeah, I gave those to yeah. two little girls. Who, who need them who because need they're them. just sitting yes, here. exactly. Um, a small part of me in the same thought about Bennett is he I guarantee you he played with those dolls oh 100 percent 100% so yeah. that when he that that's that time when she gives the dolls away and they're sitting at the table that's when um her father-in-law basically Be- bashes her. her head in yes. yeah um and that is a very turning point she basically like snaps off and is like nope fuck you this I'm was, out I'm uh, done yeah and it was pretty early uh, yes and that's a super oh, difficult thing for a woman a out outside again outside of her element has no family around mm-hmm. um thankfully she has the ma- the found family that she made with the with the, the library from the library but it's like she hasn't she has absolutely no one else to turn to so she has to turn to marjorie who lets her stay with her but she was so fucking brave in that like i'm not coming back like yep. do whatever you want to me i am not coming here's, back here's fifty dollars go buy yourself a nice dress and come back yeah mm, fuck yes. off yeah so like so disturbing and like the thing with like the van cleves is so you know it's it's kind of um important to mention that they are like they run um one of the a, a coal mines. mine one of the biggest coal mines in um uh in kentucky and like these basically coal shadily, miners. shadily too. yes but but that's literally all all of, all of the way that they were run like they were i used to watch this tv show um called justified um and justified takes place in harlan kentucky okay and um they t- talk so much about coal mining and like how like things happen and i remember one 
one episode, I can't remember exactly like which season it was in or anything like that, but they are literally talking about how like mountains were different because they blew the tops off of these mountains and like mudslides would come and just destroy people's houses and like, and whatever. So, you know, that whole scene where there's the big storm and, um, the slurry dam, uh, uh, fails and you know all like the slurry all of those, is like a river yes, of slurry that takes out exactly a whole bunch of houses. it takes out a bunch of houses and it's it's like that should happen like yeah. that actually that's not a made-up thing like that stuff happens and people just don't care about it because it mostly ends up being poor people's houses yeah. like people who who it, it, not it matters problem. not it ma- matters not to them like not my problem. hey i'm a rich person my house is up here on the hill it doesn't yep. matter it didn't it, nothing happened to it um so like it was it was kind of cool to see to to read about that in a book only because you know I've seen it so often on that TV show every time Harlan came up I was just like oh my god thinking about <laughs> thinking about my guy um Raylan Raylan Givens he was the best character so ever so it's not Justin Timberlake no different, <laughs> different justified guy. yes yes <laughs> yes not the not the album the Justin Timberlake album no not that one um mm. but yeah I, I liked I liked those parallels I liked reading about that um it was cool to read read those things. So my next quote is on page 58. And I'm curious. Me too. Uh, yes. Me too. I, yes. Did it. I did it specifically for you. So why don't you go ahead and read that? I hope I got the same thing. Um, Hang on. Okay. So I'm at a point where um, Marjorie is talking. Uh, uh, Marjorie and Alice are talking. And uh, she says, Alice had to admit she was probably. Wait, 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 let me see. I can't remember exactly what they're talking about. I think they're talking about Izzy, whether or not she's going to she's gonna come back and, and, you know, continue on with them or whatever. Yes. So they have this little conversation and they're talking about it and they're talking about how basically the library brought, already brought Alice out of her shell. It says, you're like a prisoner sprung from jail most mornings. Marjorie sipped her coffee and gazed out at the road. I sometimes think you loved these mountains as much as I do. Alice kicked at a pebble with her heel. I think I might like them better than anywhere on earth. I just feel more myself up here. Uh, Marjorie glanced at her and smiled conspiratorially. This is what people don't see, wrapped up in their cities with the noise and the smoke and their tiny boxes for houses. Up there, you can breathe. Uh, you can't hear the town talking and talking. No eyes on you except gods. It's just you and the trees and the birds and the river and the sky and freedom. Out there, it's good for the soul. Okay. Of course I had to flag this. Yes. Like, yep. because, you know, my my situation with freaking um, um, uh, mountains, obviously. But I also flagged it for the foreshadowing yes. here. Yeah. Did you as well? Like a, yes. Yes. You're, Prisoners. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's not Alice. At the time, I didn't know that. Of but. course. <laughs> yes, of course. I, 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 When I saw it again, when I was preparing this morning and I saw it again, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. really, that's a yeah. really interesting line. So um, I'm really glad that I had flagged that for the mountain part just yeah. to go back Which and say, oh, there's, to some, like, yeah. there's some foreshadowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, should we talk about that a little bit? About Marjorie and yeah, going to jail? Yeah, so... I I don't know that I fully understood what was being put down at the end of the book as far as the whole story. And I feel like... I mean, like obviously the girls lied. This The daughters lied. Like, okay. clearly. Okay. So do we actually think that Marjorie actually killed him? No. It was an accident. My my assumption is it was an accident. Just the way that it's it's said in the prologue, you know, um, let's see. Let's read it a little bit. <clears throat> um, okay, so I had, you know, I had already said, and there's the bare truth of it for all the women around, blah, 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 blah. Um, his head lifts. She hears a no, and some distant part of her recognizes with, a, with surprise that it has emerged from her own mouth. His fingers grab and pull at her, one arm reaching for her waist, throwing her off balance. In his determined grip, his rank breath, she feels her future morphing into something black and awful. But the cold has made him clumsy. 
He fumbles as he reaches for his gun again, his back to her, and at the moment she sees her chance, she reaches behind into her saddlebag with her left hand, and as he turns his head, she drops the reins, grabs the other corner uh, with her right fist, and swings the heavy book as hard as she can smack into his face. His gun goes off, the sound of three-dimensional crack ricocheting off the trees, and and she hears the singing briefly silence, the birds rising into the sky, a shimmering black cloud of flapping wings. As McCullough drops, the mule bucks and lurches forward in fright, t- stumbling over him so that she gasps and has to grab the horn of the saddle to stay on. And then she is off along the creek bed, her breath tight in her throat, her heart pounding, trusting the mule's sure feet to find a hole in the splashing icy water, not daring to look back to see if McCullough has made it to his feet to come after her. So I, I should have gone back and reread the prologue. When I, I, the I actually did when I, when I, I when that part came, I was just like, that it's kind of confusing the way it, it, it comes off. Yes. I don't I I don't believe that he had a gunshot. So like I think clearly what happened was she hit him with the book to stun him so she as could get she away. As he was falling or as he was he falling, was falling he, he probably hit a rock hit, hit his head on the back of a rock. And his gun went off. Yes, exactly. Okay. So um it's very clear first of all that his so he's got two daughters that live up there with him and so and with nobody else around nobody else goes there and one of them is heavily pregnant. Yes, which is very clear Who very clearly yes. not said that mm-hmm. he impregnated his daughter mm-hmm. which bleh. um yes I found it I, I was like I I couldn't tell if the point was because I didn't go back and read the prologue. I couldn't tell if the point was that it actually was an accident and Marjorie had done something that caused him to die, whether it was intentional or not. Yeah. Or if he actually did read fucking Little Women and he had this and he was just like full on gung ho. I love the fact that it was Little Women. That yeah. was intentional, I'm yeah. sure. Um, which ties back to Hello Beautiful. Just mm-hmm. random. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the, another book that we've read yes. together. <laughs> um, just, I, I couldn't tell if it was, she was trying to go that way. Like, even the most stubborn people can appreciate books and like books. And it opens their eyes to them. Because I yeah. like that thought about it, too. Is yeah. like this guy who is this drunk moonshiner, drinker, person, yeah. miner, whatever, uh, would read little women and like it so yeah. i kind of liked that thought and then i was like no and no, that's, that's not, not the it point. no no he he clearly wanted to harm her and she luckily had that book in her pocket and she just smacked him with it and it said that it's i'd never actually seen the the like a hardbound book of little women i didn't realize it was I that i didn't think it would be that big that big either but i think the fact that it's hardbound is really the most yes. important part and, of that. and what they say like the, when the cops come to arrest marjorie they're like we found the murder weapon it was a it was, it was a, a blood soaked book and i'm just like this is fucking yeah. ridiculous ew, like, ew. Yeah, like <laughs> clearly like clearly van cleave obviously we know because van cleave goes to the sheriff and and he you know whatever um he's the sheriff is in van cleave's pocket and um you know no amount of talking about self-defense in 1937 is going to get a woman off from killing killing like it's just it's not even if it was an accident it's just not going to happen so yes the girls um all of the library women go up to the mccullough house um, and because they find out, um, from somebody, Bennett, I think Bennett, Bennett tells so that them. Was ben- that was, Bennett was very redeeming to me. Yes. Like, yeah, he married this woman to, yes. And sh- didn't, hide and himself. didn't stick up for her every time, like with his, with his father. But he did stick up Not more enough. than, more than I would have thought that he would have yeah. to be in the situation that he was in where he picked somebody. But anyway, so yeah, he, so he drops a little note in Alice's mind of, hey. 
Nobody the talked sheriff to the sheriff. Didn't talk to get the daughters to talk. Yes, yes. So they travel up there, and it, at first it seems like a fruitless effort, but then they they come out and they're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yeah, we want we want to talk, and yeah. like we'll tell we'll tell our story and whatever." So they come down to the courthouse and they weave this fucking lie that McCullough was, was never there or something, right? Wasn't it that like no, that Marjorie was never there. Yes, yes. So okay, he sorry. was he went out on a bad stormy night and he was on his way to return his library book yes, because he, was. he needed exactly. to absolutely return the library. And I think yep. that's part of the reason why I was thinking like maybe that's the story she's trying to tell me yeah. is that he actually did want to read it. No, so I'm I'm, no, it's I'm just, right there in the jury. Personally, good. yeah, personally <laughs> it's personally to me it just it was women sticking together and women sticking up for like uh, an abused woman sticking up for another yes. abused woman. That's what that was to me, which um, I loved. I loved the parallel yes. there. I thought that was great. The whole, the whole murder plot in general kind of took me out a little bit. I was like, I didn't really need this. Uh, yes. I didn't really need this. Like it wasn't, I, I mean, I under, like it obviously drew back to the prologue. So this was the point, like, this was coming the entire time. But I never once even thought about the prologue as I was reading it. And when we got into the time... It was, I, it was very, like, very, very close to the end. Yes. I was like, oh, right. She was out on the ridge and yes. this was the guy. Yes. I totally forgot yeah. that, like, we jumped to three months earlier or yeah. three months previous. Like, so it it seemed a little shoehorned into me. Like, it didn't really seem necessary. It seemed kind of pointless. Like, they already had the situation with Alice going on. So, I, it, to me, it didn't really seem like they, they that, needed that this. That storyline could have been used. Yes. Yeah. But... It gave Marjorie a chance to, like, come to her senses and realize, um, first of all, she was pregnant the whole time. She gave birth in a fucking j- jail yeah. cell. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it, it gave her an opportunity to realize, you know, maybe I should be with the man that I love. You know what I mean? Like, So Sophia's part in this whole story was one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. So she is... Um, a black woman who worked at the Louisville library, library. for colored yep. and has supreme organization skills. Yes. And she comes in and she uh, is working like behind closed doors at night to organize the library. Yes. And some of her words of wisdom that she dropped were so spot on. Yes. So she basically says to Marjorie, like, you can be like that all you want for you, but now you're being fucking selfish because you're yep. going to have a baby and mm-hmm. she's not going to be picked on every single fucking day because she's a bastard she's child. A bastard, yep, like, yep, exactly. what the fuck are you thinking? Yes. Yeah. It's so funny, like, the things that were meant something back then. You know what I mean? Yes. Because, like, you know, I, I, you watched Game of Thrones, too, and, like, yep. it's a big deal if you were a bastard. Like, yes. you were not a part of your family if you were considered yes. born out of wedlock. Which has nothing to do with the fact that all the males visit whorehouses all the fucking yes, time. Exactly, so heaven exactly. forbid one of them end up pregnant. I'm a bastard. Did you know that? I did not. My parents were, <laughs> my mom got pregnant <laughs> with me three months into my dad and hers courtship. Um, they didn't get married until she was nine months pregnant with my sister. So I, oh, am, okay. a, I am a bastard. Nice. And I guess technically so is my sister in a way, but she they were married out of wedlock or born out of wedlock. I mean, she was, they she were was married born, when she yeah. was born. So I don't know. But yes, I, I am. I am technically a bastard. I do want to talk about the whole um, partly uh, of a Sophia situation because there there is a point when there's first of all, can we just talk about 
I'm, I'm at this point in the book where there is kind of like this like re- revelry going on. There's a guy who comes into town. He's Ted, a singer. Ted, Ted, yes. Ty, Ty, yes. something like that. So he's a singer and he's a really good singer. All the girls want to see him. All the guys want to want to be him, basically. Yeah. And he comes and like there's this. Lafayette? Is that something Ted like that. Lafayette yeah. Like yeah. So he comes and like he just basically sings in the town square or whatever. And um, everybody go. Everybody gets dressed up in their Sunday finest. And I was like, this is actually really fun. Like I would actually have loved not of course I wouldn't have loved every part of back then. Yeah. But that is a really cool thing where it's like community and it's just like everybody's, everybody's going. Oh, everybody's, everybody's going. going. And there's you know, everybody's drinking beers on the like on the promenade and whatever. And I was just like, that seems really fun to me. And I live in a really small town and it's like we don't have anything like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> not not many towns do anymore. Yeah. And I just yeah. really love that kind of thing. Like that. Like that I, is this that is like the small town vibe. Yes, yes, exactly. And like I, I loved it, but there was this one point. So <laughs> and that same night, <laughs> on that same night, you also bring out all the assholes when yes, they've been drinking. Exactly, exactly. Sundowners, so, they refer to them as. Yes, they do. And um, which brought me to Have you ever heard of Sundown Towns? Where like there there actually is this book, and it's called the Green Book. And, um, like, Black people knew about this book, and it would tell you what towns you should not be in after sundown. Outside, outside, after sundown. Um, They're called sundown towns, and you will, they, like, they will find a way to kill you, harm you, whatever they can Mm -hmm. do if they find that you're in your town. Um, So, anyway, um, these sundowners end up on that night they're drunk and they um Sophia had left the the library door open so she could hear the music but she can't go and be a part of it so she's still in the library and Fred and Alice are walking back Alice got got um skunked. skunked. so Fred helps I, her real quick my favorite part about that whole aspect of it is that she got skunked and then she just bull, like barreled through the crowd mm-hmm. like not like oh she I smell I'm she gonna go home she didn't know what a skunk was she thought it was a giant squirrel <laughs> she's like oh it's got this white stripe and I'm like oh no yeah. oh no so anyway, um, when they get back to Fred's area, they see that something is going on inside the library, and there was okay. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, I'm telling you what happens when a man finds three drunk fools on his property. And if you like, just as easy, I'll tell you what happens if a man finds they don't leave as soon as he tells them. Pretty sure you ain't going to like it, though. I don't see why you're sticking up for her. You got a thing for Brownie here? Quick as a flash, Fred had the, Fred had the boy by the throat, pinned against the wall with a white-knuckled fist. Alice ducked backward, her breath in her throat. Don't push me, Mitchell. The boy swallowed, raised his palms. It was just a joke. He choked. Can't take a joke now, Mr. Geisler. And I wrote hot <laughs> i was like i wonder if katie has this same thing where she was like oh that was kind of sexy like, i really liked that i'm like yeah first of all he's sticking up for a minority right there and it's he, like he's already like a guy that we like because yes. a we can tell he has the, the hots for alice he's a super sweet guy he's nice to animals nice to animal yes loves his horses loves his farm gives them this property to build this library off uh, on and like that happens, and he's like fucking choking a guy up against the wall, and I was like, "Hello, hey, hold me like, against the wall, please." Yes, yes, very, very hot. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. Uh, where are you at your for your next? So yeah. I have. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a hard pivot to one of the my favorite parts of the entire okay. book, and I'm sure you enjoyed it as well. So this is the quote to start. I did really like a lot of the quotes when they started a chapter, which wasn't all the chapters, but when they did, I liked them. But this one is the start of chapter nine. 
Many medical men now recognize that numerous nervous and other diseases are associated with a lack of physiological relief for natural or stimulated sex feelings in women. Dr. Marie Stopes, Married Love. So there is this unofficial book that is in the library unofficially. Yes. And it is floating around. And this is on page uh, 106. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this doesn't go in the ledger. This we pass around to ladies who perhaps need a little help in some of the matters you've mentioned. Alice stared at the leather bound book. So Marjorie and Alice are talking about it. And Alice kind of basically dropped the bomb that she's like, I don't know. We've never had had sex. sex. I don't know that we've done it. I'm not even sure if we've had sex. It's like, "Mm, you haven't. Yeah. If Uh, you're not sure, you definitely (laughs) haven't. Which I did like that conversation with her and Fred at the end. He yes. was just like, uh, you'd know. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, you can get annulled. Like, you yeah. don't have to go yeah, through yeah, the divorce. Yeah. 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 I love that. Which I wish that that had come out <clears throat> yeah. earlier, obviously, because yeah. I would have liked to enjoy Fred and Alice throughout the whole Me book. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Alice stared at the leather bound book. It's just facts. I've promised it to a woman over at Miller's Creek on my Monday route, but you can take a look over the weekend and see if there's anything in there that might help. Alice flicked through, startling startling at the words sex, naked, womb. She blushed. This goes out with the library books. Let's just say it's an unofficial part of our service, given it has a bit of a checkered history through our courts. It doesn't exist in the ledger, and it doesn't sit out on the shelves. We just keep it between ourselves. Have you read it? Cover to cover and more than once. And I can tell you it has brought me a good deal of joy. She raised her own <laughs> smiled, and not just me either. So Alice peruses this book, and then she takes it home, not the book, and her her learning from the book yes. and she tries to she tries to seduce her husband seduce bennett yeah i want to know sarah mm-hmm. did you at that point in time think that she was just basically trying to have sex with him or do you think she was trying to do something super freaky and kiki no i think she was just trying to have sex with him okay there, so, there's no way in my opinion that a book back then had anything like super kinky so i feelings. when i first read that part i was like what the fuck did she do is she trying yeah. to touch his butthole like what's yeah. going on that's, that's making him freak the fuck out he would have liked that but that's what i'm saying and i'm like maybe that is what's going on like yeah yeah so like the, and this is the thing that really sets van cleave off like bennett yes for whatever fucking idiotic reason, Bennett tells his father what Alice did and how he and was And how like, she knew to try it because of yes, this Yes, because book. of the book. So Van Cleve finds out about the book. Then everybody finds out about the book. And Marjorie is once again like the... Scarlet Letter. Scarlet Letter. Yes, exactly. Um, and this is what basically the whole catalyst for um, Van Cleve's problems with her. Because then, you know, Alice, he, he beats Alice up. Then Alice leaves and lives with Marjorie. Marjorie refuses to help him get Alice back to come mm-hmm. c- to come home. Alice refuses to go home. So he has this fucking hankering for getting Marjorie, you know, p- pinning whatever he possibly can on her. So when he finds out somebody died with a book and, like, it's just like, oh, here we go. Let me grease some fucking palms. Yep. And we'll get it figured out. A small part of me... I forgot about this. A small part of me when he was first found and Marjorie was adamant that she hadn't killed him, I was a small part of me was like, did Van Cleve actually like follow her up there one day yeah. and then kill him yeah. just to yeah. like frame her frame for her it. Or something. I, I was yeah. like that I read that I definitely had that vibe. Well and, and the thing too is like when you had asked before like if she actually killed him or whatever, like I, I totally forgot that there was that whole part when they finally hit that part in the story 
like she comes home really nervous and says to her boyfriend, like, will you stay with me? I'm so scared. Like something is coming. Yes. So like she has no idea that this guy died. Right. None whatsoever. Right. So she's worried that he's going (laughs) to retaliate against her, but he just never Yeah, she can't sleep. She stays up on the porch. Like, yes. Van. And then there was the one point when Van Cleve killed her dog. Like I was like, are you? No. Nope. I was so fucking bluey. So fucking mad at that. I'm like, are Mm -hmm. you fucking kidding Mm -hmm. me? You piece of fucking shit. I wish we knew who actually did it. Because it wasn't Van Cleave. It wasn't him. He Somebody else. No, yeah. he he wouldn't get his fingers dirty. His, uh, whatever. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to, let's see, I'm going to go to page 139. Um, you know I love me some Bible, Bible things. Yep. Okay, so it says, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. I can't even remember what this, where this was about. Hmm. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Either way. Um, you want me to go through every book in, in this library to check for uh, for things that you might find fanciful, Henry Porterius? There are more challenging stories in the Bible than there are in the pictorial review, and you know it. Well, now you sound as sacrilegious as they do. I, I loved that because, again, I remember watching a TikTok recently where a guy, um, where a guy uh, goes to, you know, we've been having, like, a lot of, like, Board of Education situations where it's, like, people trying to get what they call unsavory books off mm-hmm. the shelves in school libraries and whatever. So there's this TikTok or this, you know, one guy who goes into a board of education meeting, starts going off about this book that has all this fucking disgusting shit in it. Turns out he's talking about the Bible. Yep. He's like, oh, I can't believe we have this on, you know, whatever. And and people are sitting there realizing what he's talking about. And like, it should make you feel pretty, pretty fucking sheepish. Yes. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, that also ties into something on 219. It says, let's see, let's see. <clears throat> okay, the pastor steepled his fingers. So this is, the pastor comes by to the library trying to get Alice, uh, just another person to try to get Alice to go home to the Van Cleves. Um, the pastor the pastor steepled his fingers. Why, yes, child, what is it you want to know? Alice oh, compressed yeah. her mouth yep. for a moment as if choosing her words carefully. Then without looking up, she started to speak. What does God say about smashing your daughter-in-law's head repeatedly into a table because she had the audacity to give two old toys to some motherless girls? Do you have a verse for that one? Because I'd love to hear it. I'm sorry, what did you... Perhaps you have one for when a woman's sight is still blurred in one eye because her father-in-law smacked her so hard in the face that she saw stars. Or what's the Bible verse for when a man tries to give you paper money to make you behave as if he as he wants you to? Do you think Ephesians has a view on that? $50 <laughs> is quite a sum, after all. Large enough to ignore all kinds of sinful behavior. Beth's eyes widened. Marjorie thrust her head down. Alice, dear, this, uh, this is all a very private matter. Is that godly behavior, Pastor? Because I'm listening really hard and all I'm hearing is everyone telling me what I'm apparently doing wrong, when actually I think I may have been the godliest one in the Van Cleave house. I may not spend enough time in church, granted, but I actually do minister to the poor and sick and needy. Never looked at another man or given my husband reason to doubt me. I give away what I can. She leaned forward over the saddle. I'll tell you what I don't do. I don't call in men with machine guns from across state lines to threaten my own workforce. I don't charge that same workforce four times the fair amount of groceries and sack them if they try to buy food anywhere but the company store until they run up debts. They'll die before they can pay back. I don't throw the sick out of their company homes when they can't work. I certainly don't beat up young women until they can't see, then send a servant over with money to smooth it over. So tell me, Pastor, who really is the ungodly one in all of this? Just who needs a lecture on how to behave? Because I'm darned if I can work this one out. Fucking love that entire thing because she finally like she it's like she, she has some balls here yep. and to to look a man of god in the face and be like uh the person that you're serving here is a fucking piece of shit and he's going to hell yep. basically you know if you believe in heaven and all of this bullshit then you should he honestly believe the most hypocritical exactly yeah, exactly what? i loved that it was because yeah. again you and I talk about this all the time, the hypocrisy of that kind of mm-hmm. shit to say that you're godly, but do all this fucking disgusting shit in the name of that God. Yep. is fucked up. Yep. Fucked up. 
Um, I don't have anything until page 308, so I don't know where you're at next. Oh, I have 308, too. You do? Oh, my God. I do. Oh, my God. Well, of course it was you beautiful. do. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. you got to um, read, like, the whole passage if you're going to read it. Yes. Well, you can do that one because I'm going to start with 263. Okay. So, I this, I, I, this hit me exactly i've experienced this i sure the fuck assume assume you have as well um so they after the flood or the the storm the library had gotten flooded and they basically moved all the fucking books from the shed library into fred's, up house, to fred's right? house yeah so alice and fred were basically the last two standing doing that because marjorie and the other girls went out to go like warn people and save people in their houses losing a car in the process which was weird but good for Izzy. Yeah. Anyways. So, at afterwards, um, the last of the books were tipped into Fred's living room. The door was closed and Fred and Alice regarded the mountainous pile that had taken over his once tidy parlor then looked up at one another. So, then they, they're, they're talking about, you're hungry. I'm sure you're hungry. I'm sure you're... Fred says, I guess there was no point in heading back out while it's like this. She put her head to her... She put her hand to her head, rubbing out her wet hair. They knew of the dangers, but for that moment, Alice couldn't help but see the water running past them down the road below as her secret ally, halting the normal flow of the world. Nobody could judge her for resting at Fred's, could they? She'd only been moving books, after all. If you want to borrow a dry shirt, there's one hanging on the stairs. She headed upstairs, peeled off her wet sweater, dried herself with a towel, and put on the shirt, feeling the soft flannel against her damp skin as she buttoned it down the front. There was something about sliding into a man's shirt, Fred's shirt, that made her breath catch in her throat. She could not rid herself of the feeling of a slum on her skin and the image of his eyes burning so intently into her own as if he could see the very core of her. Every moment, every movement now seemed loaded with the echo of it. Every casual glance or word between them filled with some new intent. Um, I've had boyfriend shirts. Mm -hmm. I've had husband shirts. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, as long as they are owned by the male, when you put them on, they're just the most comfortable. Yeah. They're the most enveloping. Yeah. And then as soon as they say, why don't you just keep it? It like loses magic or something. Yeah. yeah, Because I have two shirts that Luke doesn't wear anymore that are now quote unquote my shirts and I never fucking wear them because it's 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 totally defeated the point. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember like having like um, hoodies from boyfriends and stuff. Like I don't remember having anything specifically of John. I do remember that I used to wear his boxers to bed like that was always something not a shirt but uh, like I always love to wear his boxers I'm like give me a pair of boxers I'm gonna wear bed yeah. like I want to like yeah. whatever haven't done that in a really long time but um yeah you should do it tonight yeah just to see what he says yeah he'd be like what the fuck like he's he like, knows he knows how I sleep I sleep in a t-shirt and underwear that's it <laughs> like that's how I sleep <laughs> it would be very weird um so I want to go to page 308 which is technically the last thing I have flagged I did have the postscript flagged I didn't know if you did as well I didn't because that's your thing um, I mean, it's not that important. Um, the only I only flagged it for one specific thing because I basically gave all of the stuff. But I did want to read this part about the fireflies, um, Alice and Fred. Um, let's see. So, you know, this is totally like... Uh, she's broken it to him that she's leaving. She's leaving and, and like they both know that they have feelings for each other and whatever. <clears throat> so she says, I'm in a bit of a bind, Fred. I know that. She took a deep breath. A deep, shaking breath. It's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? There was a long pause. Somewhere in the distance, an owl hooted. Fred squeezed her hand, and they sat for a while, feeling the soft night breezes around them. You know what's really wonderful about these those fireflies, he said, finally, as if they had been having a whole other conversation. Sure, they live for just a few weeks, not much at all in the grand scheme of things, but while they're here, the beauty of them, well, it takes your breath away. He ran a thumb over the ridge of her knuckles. You get to see the world in a whole new way, and then you have that beautiful picture burned into the onto the inside of your head to carry it wherever you go and never forget it. 
Before he had even said the next words, Alice felt the tear begin to slide down her cheek. I worked it out sitting here. Maybe that's the thing we need to understand, Alice, that some things are a gift, even if you don't get to keep them. There was a silence before he spoke again. Maybe just to know that something this beautiful exists is all we can really ask for. I loved that. That was probably mm-hmm. my favorite passage mm-hmm. in the entire book. Um, because it's something that we've clearly connect. We can connect to because we've thought the same thing previously. Mm-hmm. I mean, like life is short and, and things are fleeting and, you know, you have to live for each moment as it's here and you, and you have to enjoy the beauty of things while it's there and, and fully, while you have it. Fully appreciate yes. it. Yeah. So I, I loved that. Plus loved I also it. really, really, really like fireflies. I think they're really <laughs> fucking cool. I know. Like, however I, they work. Like <laughs> I know. Same, same. I feel like I haven't really seen them in the same way as I did when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like when you were a kid, you went outside and, you know, there, you, you had a fire with your parents or something and the, the fireflies and it was magical. I don't really recall seeing, like, feeling that way as an adult. Like, I... So there's definitely a certain time period at camp and I don't know, I can't tell you it's the middle of June or end of July mm-hmm. or whatever. I can't tell you what it is, but there's definitely a couple weeks where there's fireflies and yeah. there's, it, you can see it ebb and flow. Like, it comes in, like, big and then it just, they slowly trickle away. But there's yeah. definitely a point in time where they just... Like you look, for, you're sitting at the fire and you t- look to your left and you just look See out a bunch of them. towards yeah. the lake and it's just like bing, 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 yeah, bing, yeah. bing, bing, yeah. bing, and it's just. Okay. The last thing we want to read is the postscript. Um, uh, it's very short and sweet. It says, and again, part of this is already in the facts that I read before. Um, the WPA's Pack Horse Librarians of Kentucky program ran from 1935 to 1930. Uh, 1943, at a, which I assume it finished because of the war. Like they just ha- yeah, didn't have they the, had, they couldn't have they the. They had to use the resources yes. someplace else. At its height, it brought books to more than 100,000 rural inhabitants. No program like it has ever been set up since. Eastern Kentucky remains one of the poorest and most beautiful places in the United States. I really, I kind of really like that last line because it's like, you know, we we didn't get to see a lot of the beauty of Kentucky in the book. There was a lot of evilness under under it. Mm-hmm. But like the way that they describe the mountains and like how, you know. Have you, you been to Kentucky? I have, but not, but it's mostly been like dri- driving through. Okay. But I, I understand that it's gorgeous and like the Appalachian Mountains are like unparalleled really in their, mm-hmm. their beauty and like danger as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, like sh- they say often, you know, rattlesnakes and stuff like that. Like you can really get in trouble if you're not careful out there. My cousin actually did, um, she walked the Appalachian Trail all the way from Georgia to, to Maine. Maine. Yeah, which what like took her literally years. I'm sure. No, it took did her like she six do or it, seven months. Did she, she did do it, it straight through? She did it straight through. Did it straight through for six or seven, six to seven months, I believe it took her, and it was it was a really, really, really cool thing to yeah. have accomplished. It's and I actually have another friend on Facebook um who's doing it right now but he is doing it in like piecemeal piecemeal like he has a you know he has a family right. um so it, it's a little bit tougher um but there, there's a professor at St. Rose that did it piecemeal so he did like I did yeah. this, just, yeah. I just, yeah I don't know I think it'd be be pretty cool I think it'd be pretty freaking awesome but yeah. incredibly dangerous and scary and I do yeah. not like camping so yeah, no, you do, you like I would not be able to do it I'd be like okay I walked all day somebody come pick me up yeah. so take me to a hotel um I did do you you mentioned the snakes at one point I wrote down the words uh poisonous snakes spade um there's a part where they're talking when she's first going out when Alice is first going what out, the shape of their heads and, and stuff. yeah yes. and I was just like huh I wonder if that's for real, and I'm sure it is. I think it's, it I'm is. I'm sure it's like a the quick version of yes. how to. If you can't tell, 
assume it's a, sh- a yes, spade. Yes, yes. But I found it amusing. Assume it's a, a poisonous one yeah. if you don't know the yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I found it amusing because as soon as she said that, I was immediately picturing like the playing card spade. And yeah. then oh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. What, what shaped spade? And I'm like, what the fuck? Are oh, oh, you're thinking like a gardening yes, spade? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, I think that's all I have to say for this one. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the book. I feel like... I always feel I come away enjoying a book more after you after and I talk about it. it. Agreed. Um, I do feel like that there was a lot of things thrown into this book. Like, she she did touch on a lot of topics. Yes. Yes. Um, same. But in that era, all those topics were there. So Absolutely. there was Absolutely. a reason to touch on all of them. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I like I said, I do think that the, the whole murder plot was kind of shoehorned in there just as a way to like um create a little bit more drama and stuff which i didn't really feel was necessary i feel like they could have done that in some other way mm. it just made me very it feel very i didn't i i hated it i hated the whole time when she was in the, in the prison because it's just like how could a person survive this she certainly didn't seem like she was going to no she really didn't and thankfully she did but it's just, it's just i don't know it was it was um harrowing honestly mm-hmm um anyway why don't we head over to our epilogue does that sound good all right the epilogue all right so our next book up um is yellow face by rf quang i'm excited i'm really excited for this too it sounds like a really good premise of a book and i just pulled it off my shelf today because i you know i just finished a book um tonight so i was like oh time to start reading a new one so i pulled it off and i'm really excited about reading it i can't wait can't wait i'm i I just need to like get back into reading (laughs) yeah yeah i'm I'm like i'm like a four-week hiatus of just reading the two podcast books but yeah well it's sometimes it's sometimes you go through ruts like yeah. I, I i do this plenty of times i'm just like yeah i'm reading something i'm not super into so it's not forcing me to like it's not getting me it's to want to sit down and exactly. you know do it so um thankfully i'm not in that i'm not in that situation right now um and i read that fucking shitty book kind of fast because i was like i need to fucking get through this so i can just be done with it so i can just be done with it and, and read something else because this is fucking terrible anyway anyway um so yeah uh follow us on our socials um send us an email yeah especially if your name is tony i know we're gonna hear it from tony because we always do thank you tony for always having our backs and listening and reaching out to us you sent us an email with regard to um the amber spyglass and and the whole trilogy and, and the whole trilogy essentially yes exactly um we really appreciate um when listeners reach out to us and chat with us and um uh rate review and subscribe to us it really helps and makes us feel good yeah. and we really <laughs> enjoy talking about books like in, in my opinion at the, at the moment it doesn't really matter um we just like talking and sitting here mm-hmm. and doing this and um So I guess join us next time when we make your To Be Read Pile One book shorter. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) To Be Read is hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willey. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turrow. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Moffat.